everyone. Thanks for taking time to stop by the campfire. I'm your host, Cole Kelly. It doesn't matter what kind of camp is happening. They all have at least two things in common. First, they need campers, obviously. And secondly, and really just as importantly, they need staff. It doesn't matter if it's a day camp, overnight camp, for-profit, not-for-profit, big or small, school-based or wilderness-based. They all need a bunch of kids and a lot of great staff members to run the show. Each summer, hundreds of thousands of college-age people from around the U.S. and really from all around the world come together at these little spots all over the U.S. to create amazing. At our own counting, just from our own experience, we've worked with over 3,000 different staff members over the past 20 years, and we're just one little camp. Like any industry, we're always looking out for the people who really love what they do during the summer and who might be interested in really taking up the torch, if you will, when we leave. Most of the time, we get it right. We identify a staff member who loves the summer and may be interested in learning more about the full-time camp at work, which when we get down to it, it's not very romantic. It's not nearly as much fun sitting at the computer and planning as it is actually playing with the kids. But it's also incredibly important. As we say, we work 10 months for two. And sometimes, even though we get it right a lot of times, sometimes we get it wrong. In fact, you're about to hear a great example about how I got things wrong very quickly. Now, Bryn McCanns has started her camp experience as a staff member at Camp Aquake in 2014. Our paths did not cross again until really very recently at the ACA Tri-State Conference. We literally bumped into each other in an elevator. Bryn turned around and said, are you Cole Kelly? And we got to talking. We actually had a great time catching up on the walk to the conference itself. I wanted Bryn to talk with me around the campfire about her experience of moving from a summer camp counselor to a full-time staff professional. We explore what she learned about herself and the industry over the course of her many years now of, of being in camp. And you'll hear very quickly how I made a mistake that happily did not derail her trajectory in the camping industry. I hope you'll enjoy this great conversation with my colleague in camping, Bren McCanns. Bren, it is so nice to have you back around the campfire. Thanks, Cole. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. So... I guess you worked with us at Camp Quick for a summer. Um, yes, I did. And then all of a sudden, fast forward, you know, what, probably eight, ten years? Yeah, it's, uh, I think nine you, years. Nine years. And you literally ran into me in an elevator in Atlantic City of all places, but we were, yep. we were going to, to the Tri-State Conference. So yeah. um, that's kind of a crazy small world experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I decided to go to uh, Aquaic kind of um, as a, a way to break up the monotony of life <laughs> and to take a new adventure. And I was like, I like high rope stuff. And then ended up with you guys. Um, yeah, so can't believe that we just ran into each other. But I guess yeah. when you get into camping, it is kind of just like you end up seeing those people on familiar faces yep. and building those relationships. So it's really nice to run into you again. It's definitely a bit of a small world. So how does it how did it go for you? Because you know you were a great camp counselor. You had a lot of fun. You obviously had a great experience. But so few camp counselors, people who do it for you know just a summer, go into the this whole thing full time. I mean it's it's I mean literally they're probably a hundred thousand plus camp counselors in the United States. And I would guess that less than 1% go into camping full time. 
What was it about camping for you that said, yeah, you know, this is something I really want to pursue and do? Well, I think that my answer is going to surprise you a little bit. Okay. Um, so you said that I was a great camp counselor. I was not the best camp counselor that was like that summer, for sure. Um, and I actually was not invited back for a second summer. Crazy. And um, I, I was what, like eighteen or nineteen at the time. Yep. So um, it was my first like seasonal position away from home or anything. And I was dealing with some stuff uh, personally and um, like medically that mm-hmm. I didn't, that were, was definitely affecting my performance and my ability to like be there for the kids mm-hmm. um, and to do the best job that I could do. But um, I loved the environment that was there and I was sad that I wasn't able to experience it again, which mm-hmm. made me reflect back on like how I could improve myself and mm-hmm. the things that I could grow from. Um, and I actually didn't work at another camp for like three years or four years almost. So in 2017, or actually, I guess in 2016, right after I graduated college, mm-hmm. um, a friend of mine was hosting a year, uh, like a, a, a post-grad party for all of her friends. And it turned out that, um, one of her friends who I was not friends with from, from Westchester university, we all went to school there. Mm-hmm. Um, we were on this boat and we were talking about, um, summer camps and stuff. And I said, Oh, like I actually worked at a summer camp. It was really awesome. And he said, my summer camp's hiring. I think you should come work there. And I, and this is like, right. I mean, the beginning of the summer. And I said, you know, sorry, I actually, um, I have a job, a full job lined up for the year. Like I'm going to go do that. And then, he he ended up moving to Colorado for a season. Mm-hmm. Um, and as fate would have it, I ended up in Colorado for like a long weekend and I had his number. So I texted him and I said, Hey, like, I really want to go skiing. I know you work in Vail. Can I come ski with you maybe? Yep. And I ended up skiing with him and he said again, like, Hey, I remember we were talking about camp. I really think you should work at my camp. And at this point I was like, I hate the year round job thing, you know, like where, <laughs> where we are like, I'm doing this job that I don't like. So I have the opportunity to go to a different camp that maybe I can kind of not reinvent myself, but I can go in with this foundation of knowing what I did wrong at the last one Mm -hmm. and do better this time. And I'm older and I'm more mature and all this stuff. And uh, I can appreciate not working full time um, year round (laughs) and kind of be excited to be at camp and driving boats because I've lived the alternative. And um, so, yeah, I applied that night. And I actually was getting reconstructive foot surgery like the next week. And um, I was hired under the condition that by the time I got there in like two months that I could pass the lifeguarding test. So I did the lifeguarding test on one foot Um, and and I passed. (laughs) So um, that's how I ended up here. And then because I didn't have to go back to school, I ended up uh, staying through what we have a conference season because we're a year round program. We run... Mm -hmm. um, groups like school groups and families come and uh, scout troops and stuff to come through and use our facilities and we run programs for them. So I had the opportunity to stay through that, which really gave me a good foundation mm-hmm. for the background operations of camp. Right. Yep. And I saw that all, I saw all of the effort that it takes to get it going. Mm-hmm. And we have a different facility from McQuaid, but we have a huge waterfront. And I really thought I was a water ski counselor my first summer. I fell in love with being on the water. I'd always loved being on the water, but now I just felt like I really 
I could, I could do it for a job. Um, and I, um, they closed down for a few months in the winter where they don't need seasonal staff. So I, um, decided I was going to go to Vail and teach skiing in Colorado for the season. So I did that, uh, winter of 2017 to 2018, um, ended up coming back in the spring to help set up the waterfront. And while I was in Colorado, I got a really, really wonderful foundation in, um, teaching, skiing, which mm-hmm. I could apply to sailing and, and water skiing here mm-hmm. for kids. Cause I taught three to six year olds. So I thought that was a really unique opportunity for me to be able to elaborate more on our programs here and, um, grow them, but mm-hmm. the job was not available for me yet. So someone else ended up taking the full, the full time year round job, uh, as waterfront director. And, um, then fast forward a couple of years, COVID hit and he, moved on to something else and the job opened up and I started in March of 2021 (laughs) run camp in 2020. Um, So yeah, I, uh, I'd been here for every summer until 2020. That's amazing. All right. So I've got so much that I want to poke in on that. Um, I guess the first thing was, so you, you said that it, you know, we have different, I guess, experiences or remembrances of that summer. I, frankly, I did not remember that, that we didn't invite you back. And um, that's on me for, for not preparing better for this, but what was it, what would you have told knowing what, what, you know, now, what would you have told your 18, 19 year old self before you got to camp to make it a different experience? That's a really good question. Um, well, I would have, made sure that I was doing it for the right reasons. I think mm-hmm. looking back on it, like I had just broken up with my high school boyfriend after my yep. like freshman year or sophomore year of college or whatever it was. And um, I think I felt like I had something to prove that I was like adventurous or whatever. I don't think I was necessarily in it for the right reasons. And if okay. I had done a little bit of reflection on what I could get out of it or what I could give to kids as a result of being in that situation, mm-hmm. um, more so than I had at that time, then I probably would have been able to, um, you know, get more out of the experience. But the other thing is I would have told myself to let someone know when I'm having a problem or when I'm struggling, Mm, Um, because I think that's something that I really look for as a supervisor now, especially with my first year counselors. Like we say that camp is a bubble and it is a bubble, but we have like kids, and I, I say kids, but I mean, our, our young staff, they have so much that's going on outside of camp yep. and it can influence the way that they um, act or the, the, the work that they put in while they're here. Like I had an example last summer of a kid who was my counselor first year, or a kid who was my camper was a first year staff member who was in her first relationship and it was affecting her performance. And I mm-hmm. sat her down. And I talked to her and I was like, I know how awesome you are. I know how wonderful you are. And you're not, I know that because I was your counselor in your cabin Mm -hmm. and I see you as like the person that I know you as, but the rest of the the directors, they don't see what I see right now. So if you, you got to put on that, you got to be true to yourself while you're here. You know, you have Mm -hmm. to focus on you and, and remember why you're here. And if it's not the right reason, then it's okay to leave, you know? Um, yeah. So what would you say, you know, now working in camp full time and, and having to manage, you know, staff, what would be the right reasons to be a camp? I think the right reasons are, I think it's really okay. I, well, so I think that we often say like, we want them to be here for the kids and we want them to be here mm-hmm. um, 
to become better people and we want them to be here because they want to have fun and they want to mm-hmm. learn and they want to grow. But I'm I'm also okay with the selfish approach in a in a weird way. And that that I'm I'm okay with kids, I keep saying kids, but our our counselors <laughs> coming here because they aren't, they don't know who they are yet. And as long right. as they are open, and you don't need to figure it out while you're here, but as long as you're open to challenges and to growth and to feedback, like that's mm-hmm. what I, I need. I don't think that my first summer as a counselor, I was very receptive to feedback. Yeah. Um and when when I see that in in a counselor, I try to gracefully acknowledge that they are probably having trouble receiving what I'm telling them. And I try to, you know, give it to them in a nicer way mm-hmm. or sometimes a, a different way or a different time. But to know that ki- the kids, the, the counselors really want to be better and to be challenged and to to grow. I think that is what is best. Obviously, you have to like kids. That's one of my I always say, like, this might be an obvious question, but do you like kids? Yep. And they always laugh. They're like, of course I do. And I'm like, okay, you like them, but what do you like about them? You know? Yep. And you might not know all the way yet, but as long as you don't dislike kids and as long as you feel like you are excited to to work with kids, then I, I feel like that is the groundwork for having a really good summer. That's awesome. What was the most, if you can put yourself back in those shoes, what was the most surprising thing about all of a sudden the kids showing up? I mean, orientation is great, right? Because you, you meet everybody and you're having a great time and campus building a community for the staff. And then all of a sudden the kids show up and you know it gets real very quick. What was the most surprising thing about kids actually arriving and you'd be like, okay, now I got to go to work. You know, it's funny because I have two different first time experiences in a way, uh-huh. you know, mm-hmm. I have my first time at Laquaic and then I have my first time at Taqua mm-hmm. and, um, there's, they're so different for so many reasons, but either way, I think the most surprising thing about them getting there was that all of a sudden I was actually in charge of keeping these kids alive for however many weeks. And that I was the adult for, or, or one uh-huh. of the adults for that yeah. long. And I, and it's not, a, it's, it's not, if you actually think about it, it's really not something to be taken lightly at all. You know, no, it's not. And I was one no. of the counselors, um, the first, for your guys' first session, I was on the bus to go pick up the kids. So I actually got to meet some of the parents at drop off and everything. Um, and then come back to Waquayik with them, which was really neat. Um, but I remember the second time I didn't meet any of the parents. Mm-hmm. So for the second session. And I I was like, well, like, it's interesting to have, like, I'm taking your child from you and yeah. like have your face and, and have that, the mom or dad or parental figure say, mm-hmm. these are their needs, you know, mm-hmm. and then to be the one responsible to have that handed over at Taco, we have five sessions over the course of the summer and the parents mm-hmm. drop off. So I think that's the most alarming thing is to have a parent giving you all of their kids needs and and saying, wow, I have eight of them that I have to, uh, they all have individual needs. Sure. All right. So quick question on that. Cause again, I would, would love your unvarnished ideas on this one. Um, parents show up and you've got, like you said, you got a bunch of kids coming at you all summer long mm-hmm. uh, at Taqua and do and I don't mean to say this to belittle parents because I'm a parent as well. And I think that my boys certainly have certain needs, but do you find that there are certain needs that rhyme, you know, that all kids kind of share um, or, or how, how important are each of those individual eight needs truly for the child? Or is it something the parents have created for themselves? 
Um, you know, I think it's kind of a spectrum. Obviously, there are needs that really need to be met for kids. Yeah. Um, and to be quite frank, and I'm not a parent, so this is different for me. A lot of the times parents aren't always actually aware of their kids' needs. Hmm. Um, because how, how I think mean? there's a, a bit of projection onto them for maybe their own needs. Mm -hmm. So there are needs that need to be met. You know, like if there's a health concern, absolutely that needs to be communicated to us. If your kid has an allergy, we want to know all of these things. Um, fears are a good thing to tell us, but I don't need to know your fears. You know, and <laughs> you can tell me, you can tell me your fears, and I will. Uh, now that I'm in the position of where I deal with parents more nope. often. Um, or at a higher level, you know, I hear a lot of their fears and I like to talk directly to the kids and say, what is your fear? You know, mm -hmm. or what, what, what's, what do you, what do you, what, what are you feeling? Um, because oftentimes parents drop off or guardians drop off and they say, you know, uh, th this fear that they have. And then the kid's like, that's not that mom, I'm not nervous about that. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of truth to it, but sometimes it's really that's mom's fear, you know, sure. and that's okay. I, and I'm happy, I'm happy to acknowledge that that's one of your fears, but we don't want to, we don't want to get your kids scared about something because you're scared of something, you know. Yeah, we recently yeah. had someone um say that they had a, a, a power boating accident, um, and that they they had a fear of power boats, which is absolutely like I totally mm -hmm. understand that and can, can empathize with it, but that their child coming to camp would mean that they couldn't be around power boats at all. Right. And so we just decided that this isn't the environment for them because we have 15 power boats going at any given time. Yeah. Um, and that, that that's part of the fabric of our camp. And that mm -hmm. we didn't feel like the camper would be successful here as a result of his parents' fears. They're not unfounded um, by any right. means, but sometimes, you know, you have to find that, that um, happy medium or compromise. And in, in this case, there wasn't a way for us to compromise to, to make sure that her camper would not be around power boats. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you got to find the right spot. It's funny. I, this reminds me of a conversation I had with a great camp director down at Camp Southern Ground, which is just south of Atlanta. And they've got a really neat program in that they have um, children that you know can pay to go to camp and are very you know are able body. You have children that are physically or or or, or emotionally mental, sorry mentally challenged in some way that are that are going to camp, and there are children that are true scholarship you know who could not afford to come otherwise. So you have three very distinct groups, you know of. of quote unquote, groups of children coming. Um, and I asked the director, I said, so how long does it take for those three groups? Because they all live together. How long does it take them to integrate and become friends with each other? And he said, Cole, how fast can the parents leave? I was like, mm -hmm. ha, mm -hmm. you know, cause when you get down to it, the kids just need to go to camp. It doesn't matter yeah. where they come from, what they look like, what yeah. they can do, what they can't do, uh, what they're challenged at or not. They just want to go to camp and just Absolutely. after it. Yeah, I think that another thing that comes up when I consider what kids' needs are is um, they need other role models that aren't their parents too. Yes, and that's, that's something you know that camp offers. They it's there's a, an adult figure who they really admire because they're a young adult and they're cool, mm. who's there to make sure that they're having a successful summer and that they learn something new and that they're having fun and 
when, uh, when you have a good counselor who builds that foundation of trust with kids, I find that that's so preventative for future issues. Mm. I talk about the, this in interviews and in training all the time by saying, you know, how are you going to handle this situation? Whatever I throw at them. And then they say, oh, this is how I would handle it after it happens. And then I like to reel it back and say, okay, what, what, how can we prevent that from happening in the first place? And all the time, the answer is building trust with your campers and building that foundation so that when they when something arises, they can bring it to you before it becomes a big problem. Yeah. And if they trust an adult to, to bring it to them, then like that's a really special relationship that like you can't take for granted as an adult, um, as, a, as a role model figure for kids, mm-hmm. because they need to build those, um, you know, healthy, stable relationships. Yep. I think that's another thing that we offer um, as a need for campers or for kids that they get at camp. Um, and probably the final final thing is that kids need the chance to um, explore themselves mm-hmm. and they need a safe environment to do that, yep. um, an inclusive environment. They can't just have a place where they get fed and where they sleep and where they, um, you know, get up and wake up and get dressed. They need a place where they can um, thrive and where they're not scared to be their authentic selves. And I think that's like the magic of camp is that a lot of times our counselors, even they see that as an opportunity for themselves as well. And they get that chance. Um, And I think that's just absolutely beautiful. So how do you think that we take that type of experience or at least pieces of that experience and and put it into our lives back home? Um. Do you mean for like our counselors? Well, or? for, you know, for people that work for us, for our children, for, you know, the people around us. I mean, I think I agree with you having that near peer, that someone who's just a little bit removed, who's not your parents, mm-hmm. and they can help create relationships and help you explore who you want to be, you know, going forward. Because um, camp is a great place where you get to explore that and decide, all right, I want to be this way, you know, and you got great, all these role models. You can say, all right, well, I want to be like Brown or I want to be like Jack or I want to be like, you know, Sarah, whoever it might be. Um, how do we do that back home? Because, you know, the camp environment is a really cool bubble, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about, but it's, it's everybody's bringing their own stuff to it. But at, at school, it's about learning and parents, you know, it's about raising competent, great adults, you uh-huh. know, but how can we create the situation back home that's a little bit more like camp? Um, well, I think that having open dialogue with kids is really Mm -hmm. important. Like, again, that foundation of trust. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I was scared to tell my parents things when I messed up because I thought that I would get a bad reaction. Mm -hmm. And I've learned that, you know, if a camper messes up and they're coming to you with a problem, it's because they need help fixing it, not because they need you to yell at them about it, you know? So if, if we can take, I mean, whether it's a, a teacher at home or a parent at home or, you know, um, even friendships um, for us director level people um, to be able to recognize when people need help. Um, and um, I would say, you know, really prioritizing friendships um, and relationships that are built in true trust. And um, I would say love for one another, you know, that yep. these people you can identify when there are good friends and bad friends and people who are there for, for you and people who aren't. And sometimes it's hard to create boundaries, but you know, those boundaries are going to make you a better person. And I think that, 
by doing that, we, we teach it to the kids at camp all the time Yeah, uh, yep. that these are healthy and safe boundaries to have. And we respect your boundaries and um, you can trust me to help you overcome um, a hurdle that you're facing. Definitely. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in providing, you know, quote unquote walls, you know, for kids to bounce around in, but they're walls of a garden, you know, or walls yeah. of a playground. So um, yeah. but a little bit of structure can go a long way. Um, sp- speaking of structure, I want to just t- change the vein just a little bit here. So, mm-hmm. you know, you worked at, at summer camp, you know, you worked at Wakwake, you've worked at, at your camp during the summers. What was the biggest surprise going from summertime work to year round work oh. in the business? Well, I was really lucky to have, I got to dip my toes in it a couple of times, you know, working preseason and postseason, mm-hmm. meaning the fall and the spring in preparation and, and um, breaking down everything from the summer. Um, so I, I got to see some of it. And then I was actually asked to come back as our winter intern for the winter of 2018. Okay. Um, or no, it was 2019. And I did that. So I did a lot of like the background stuff. I did a lot of marketing. I did a lot of camper parent calls, that kind of stuff. I think that the biggest, my job is very unique because I oversee all of the waterfront programs. Mm -hmm. And we, like I said before, we have a huge waterfront and I thought that I was going to get to be on boats a lot of the time. And I (laughs) thought I'd be able to have my hands in the dirt and my feet in the sand. And, um, but a lot of it is, you know, collecting receipts and doing the financial stuff and making sure that we have the right equipment. And if our equipment's broken, replacing it or getting it fixed and finding the right person to do that. And if programs running and all of my waterfront people are busy, then I'm going to be the one taking the sale to go get repaired. You know, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't, and I, and I try to prioritize my staff's experience over mine. Um, I try to say, you know, I get one after or one evening a week to go water skiing if I can fit it in, but I don't want to pull them from their activity area that they're here to work for the summer. Right. So I think that that was kind of a wake up call to say, you know, again, they, they're they kind of like my campers. It's not about me. It's, <laughs> it's about them and it's about making them better leaders. And that means that they have to be in the program area to learn um, how to be successful with the people that they are overseeing and everything. So, yep. Yeah. So you're, you're telling me it's not like this year round camping thing. It's not like this big romantic. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Everybody would want to do a kind of thing. No, what? Um, no, I, I end up mopping <laughs> floors a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's, I mean, it's really, I think that it's, I think that any job that I take after this, I, I could adapt. So like I've learned so many, so many skills, you know, and it's hard to put it down on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my people skills have improved. I think that my conversation skills and, um, you know, just there's, there's nothing, there's no part of me that hasn't been touched by camp yeah. and there's no part of me that hasn't grown since I've been in this environment. Um, not without its challenges, but it's, they're good. They're good challenges for the most part. <laughs> well, and look, unless we're challenged, we can't grow. Exactly. So, I mean, when you get down to it, it, you have to have that. You have to get out of your comfort zone and, and try new things. But I, I totally agree. Camp might be one of the greatest places in the world to actually go out and do stuff and affect other people and affect yourself all at the same time. It's it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Agree. All right. Well, good stuff. Um, well, you know, thank you so much. What do you, when you say though, that you're going to take stuff, what I have to ask, what do you think some of those, the top things are like, 
if, if let's say you leave camp, you know, somewhere a long, long time from now, I hope you give your, your directors a very long window of telling when you're going to go, yeah. but what, um, what do you think you will take? What are some of the top two or three things you think you'll take with you? Um, I think that I've grown a lot as a supervisor. So as I mentioned before, you know, like really recognizing and that I'm used to working with young staff, new staff for the most part. Um, but recognizing when someone needs help, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that is just, I, n- not that not everybody notices, but not everyone takes the time and I'm, I'm not perfect at it. You know, I don't always do what needs to be done when it needs to be done because I have my own stuff going on. Right. And yep. camp's crazy, but I try as much as possible to check in with people. And at, at any point in time that I am supervising anyone, I really hope that I never lose that, like that check-in and that genuine empathy. I'm not doing it just because it's my job. I'm doing it because I care about you as a mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. And that, um, you know, there are nuances, especially in our, in like the close relationships that we build at camp, we we're, we're living together most of the time. So, yep. you know, things about people that you wouldn't know in a normal job. And I'm not looking to have weird boundaries in a future, um, <laughs> career, but, but to be able to take that, um, that like passion for other people's success, I would say that's definitely top, um, a top one. And then flexibility is another huge thing. Like mm-hmm. when, when stuff goes absolutely awry, like, for example, one thing that we run into here pretty regularly, not regularly, but it's something that's not uncommon is a bad storm rolls in and the boats are out on the water, the kids are out on the water and just jumping into action and doing what needs to be done to make sure the kids stay safe. Like, um, in any, in, in any emergency situation we have, I can confidently say I have remained calm and like, people come to me for the emergencies on camp. They're like, Brent's here. We know it's going to be okay. And that mentality of just being able to be like, Hey, this might not be how I thought it was going to go. Let's roll with the punches and I'm not going to get worked up over it right now. Um, Afterwards we can do a debrief and figure out what went wrong and how Mm -hmm. to fix it the next time. But in the moment, just doing what needs to be done and having that spatial awareness and wherewithal to actually observe the necessities Mm-hmm. for the group's success and not necessarily your own survival. I don't know how else to, that sounds weird, but like, you know, like, <laughs> well, you're prioritizing the because, kids. Yeah. It can't be because I'm like, I can't be freaking out and like, it's not going to help anybody else. If, if I'm yep. doing that, you know, I have to remain calm. I have to communicate effectively to you, give you instructions and tell you my expectations of you, despite the fact that there are literally four foot waves and people screaming and lightning flashing, you know, it's, that's just, I have to take the time to do that. And that's, what's going to make things run smoothly. Um, Now that's obviously a pretty crazy scenario, but um, you know, in any, in any time, just to take, take the time to communicate effectively and um, be flexible if if things don't go the way that you expected. That's awesome. I had a, one of my first tri-states where we, we saw each other. Um, Someone asked an old, old, you know, camp hand, you know, what she thought would was like a great way to describe a camp director. And she said, a great camp director is a person who, when the theater is on fire, can get everybody out of the doors quickly and quietly and calmly. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. So they, they can get their stuff together. They can communicate. They can deal with a the problem. They can keep everybody safe. Got yeah. it. 
And then you go home afterwards and you get the shakes and you're like, oh right. my gosh, I can't believe I just did that. I need to talk to somebody. Right. Yeah. Then you but, get your own yeah. debrief. That's right. That's when yes. you need to have more time. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Bryn, thank you so much. I'm I'm so happy for you and your your transition from Wakwaik and, and into your camp world now um, and what thank you're you. able to do and, and how you're able to lead the, the kids that are our campers and our staff members yes. um, yeah. at, at camp. So well done. Thank you so much for being around the campfire thank with me. you thank you cole i mean i said this to at tri-state but let's put it on the record that i really do appreciate the opportunity that you gave me at wakwaik and even that you didn't invite me back it really sent me in the direction i think i needed to go so awesome. i'm thankful for it all um good and the bad and um yeah i just think that camp is a magical place and you guys gave me the foundation that i needed to make it into a career so thank you awesome well let's both have a great summer the summer with our kids yeah let's do it all right take care Bye-bye. It was so good reconnecting with Bren. The lessons she took from her first summer at camp all the way to the point now where she is, where she's managing staff and leading programs, really are invaluable. And for me, it's a great reminder. People learn and people grow, no matter the situation, if they choose to do so. Bren certainly did. It has made a hugely positive impact on the world and the people around her ever since. My goal is to take that knowledge and apply it to everyone with whom we work at the summer camp and into the future. And maybe you'll do the same. I think if we can see everybody in that light, that they're all able to learn and grow, I think it'll make it better for everyone. Thanks for taking the time to listen. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I hope you'll leave a five-star review on whatever service you're using. The better the reviews, the more likely these ideas are to spread. And please share it with a friend. Our campfire circle is big enough for everyone. Until we speak again, do good and be good. Thanks again to our friends at Scope for sponsoring the Campfire Conversation podcast. Scope stands for Summer Camp Opportunities Promote Education. They provide children from underserved communities with life-changing opportunities through the experience of summer camp. Scope campers benefit from a positive, safe, and healthy environment led by excellent role models who give them the chance to develop their full potential. We both believe that summer camp reinforces what children learn in school and enhances overall academic learning. If you would like to help give some wonderful children a life-changing experience, I hope you'll join me in supporting Scope. You can find them online at scopeusa.org and on social media at support scope.